Is that that's extra long or short? It's literally the longest permitted in a professional oh, golf okay. Yeah. So he's going for maximum torque. Yeah. His maximum moment arm. Around. He's trying to drive every par four. Okay. Well, it's gonna take. So it's gonna take him a month to like work on. He's gonna look like one of those long drive guys, like that dude with the long hair that just. just, whoosh, just like feet both over. both feet shift immediately, yeah. like in the middle of the. Well, he's aimed up like forty-five degrees right yep. to hit it. Yeah. One day, his left knee is going to explode on yeah. tee box. What we do here is go back, 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 back. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is Miley Legitimate Conversation Amongst Friends. We talk about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com, at the Wheel Route on Twitter, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Send us your thoughts, complaints, etc. And uh, you can get us on Apple, po- Apple, it's like Apple Podcasts, I think, but you know, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all of those. It's chill, whatever, bro. We're out there. We're out do there. You, do what you feel. Uh, do what you feel. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Logan the Down. I'm from Stewart, Florida. Lovely weekend here in the Treasure Coast. Got some much needed beach time in yesterday during uh, a sort of a rough patch of college football games in the early time slot. So that was nice. Um, and yeah. Yeah, looking forward. It's great to see you guys shining faces. I couldn't let you guys dominate me on facial hair many much longer, so I decided to join the party, letting it come in a little bit. We're gonna see how long this lasts. It's a little itchy. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am in Harrisonburg, Virginia. I'm on Twitter.com at Shank Jordan. Uh, as as previously mentioned, this was Men's Retreat weekend. Uh, for the church and so your smoky voice sounds like it yeah i i got i got some smoke uh exposure i think is the term um great campfire smells on on the clothes the let me tell you boys the the fall colors are are darn near peak you right out out towards the west virginia border uh great drive out great drive in uh, so yeah, happy to be nice. here and act like I know what happened during the college football schedule yesterday. Aren't yeah, that's uh, that's good. Um, my name is Jason Kreck. I uh, am also coming from Harrisonburg, Virginia. I did not. I tweet things at Jason Kreck. I, I did not go on a men's retreat, but I did get to see the fall foliage um, from the uh, the fire tower atop. Atop the mountains west of town looked delightful, wonderful. Virginia in all its glory, and West Virginia in some of its glory. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that sounds like a, a, a classic fall weekend in the Valley. Indeed. And, um, and South Florida. Screw it. Why not? Um, all right. Who, what, are, what are you guys classic drinking? South Florida Falls. Uh, I'm know. back with another uh, whiskey and ginger ale. Turns That's out I, I pick pretty well on that sauce, so... Uh, I'm just going to keep riding it, even on the non-picker episodes. Nice. Did you? Were you able to smuggle some whiskey and ginger ale into the men's retreat? 
uh, <laughs> weekend. I mean, listen, I'm sure I could have. Uh, I chose not to. Let me tell you, that men's retreat gets tilted. For the sake of my conscience. I, I we, we did have some, like... Like, there's the occasional guy who brought, like, a tall boy of beer to have with dinner last night. Just kind of, like, <laughs> away in the corner. Um, yeah. Also, dinner last night was fantastic. Some of the best pit chicken I've ever had. Um, it was nice. truly wonderful. But uh, So you had some of that going on. You had a few, like... And again, this is not judgmental. This is just an analysis of the no, situation. No, like, some of the first-time attendees, like sparking up the the black and milds just like <laughs> while playing cornhole it's like all right good good to have you man glad you're here like uh that's different than a campfire smell sparking up I, the black and <laughs> at least it's pleasant it doesn't stink like cigars uh well to, to each their own but I like, is, black and, I, mean, I like a good black and mild you know on a cage it, it's just funny like seeing that stuff at highland retreat given yeah. i went to summer camp there for several years and like the number one rule on the rules sheet is wear a modest swimsuit one piece <laughs> <You're> only. Right, right. <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> they take stuff seriously there that's the place with the uh with the a-frame right the famous a-frame several a-frames yeah yeah <laughs> I think that was a very popular uh, architectural uh play there in like whatever the mid 70s when yeah. they built, like they were building out all of the Every in the world. Well, they just... got so they have several A-frames, but then there's a like a almost a rocket ship shaped one. Um, I forget, okay. I think I think that might be the Sycamore cabin. Um, but if you like back in summer camp, if you drew that cabin, you were essentially the boss for the week. <laughs> Tall hog at the trough. You know what I'm saying? If you will. In the words of David Whitehouse. Um, well, that sounds like a good time. Yeah, I was I was just curious because, you know, I mean, we you, you do run a sports and, and, you know, pop culture podcast in which we partake of, of the devil's juices, uh, you know, on the regular. So I wouldn't put it that way, but I just <laughs> I just wasn't sure if maybe you, uh, um, you know, got a little a uh, little fifth of whiskey, pass it around. It would have helped with my sleeping, I'm sure. I'm uh, sure that would have been the case. Got a little cold. The ground was very firm. Um, mm. But you know what? I, I had a wonderful nap this afternoon, so I'm very thankful for that. Clutch. Excellent. Uh, Greg, I heard you went to the grocery store, so I'm excited <laughs> to, to be underwhelmed. Yeah. That, that's, the, that's, the week of, that's the week detail you want is the grocery store trip? Well, we want well, to know what you're drinking. We want to know what you're drinking, and oh, that's what okay, so it was cut out. I apologize. Um, that was my bad lead-in. Uh, I have a Richmond Lager from Hardywood Brewery. Very, ah. good very, very smooth beer. Very good fall drinking beer. Smooth, smooth. I am back on my what is this Contact Haze Elysian deal? So. Back, back on this. Did it's you good. get the uh, Elysian sampler, or did you go just like straight sixer of contact? I haze? went straight sixer of the contact haze. Okay. I saw the sampler uh, or the mixer in Martin. Martin's is always overpriced, but it was like sure. twenty one dollars for the okay the sampler pack. Yeah, it might have been at Publix here. It might have been around that, but there was a brief. There's a run during the during the official coronavirus everybody stay at home deal 
in which I think they were BOGO for like two weeks, which was crazy. Great. So we fire. Stocked up, we stocked up there and then, you know, they kind of get you. And then I was like, well, I don't know. We got a good deal on a bunch of them. Maybe we could buy one at full price. If we want to try some good beers. So it, I thought it was just a pretty good, uh, one of the more well-done sampler packs because it actually has three good beers in it. You get mm-hmm. four of the three good ones instead of three of three good ones and then three of one just like absolute throwaway terrible beer that nobody wants. The like locale IPA that's three point eight percent. Yes, that's looking at you. Was that Dogfish Head that does that? I think I think that's the Dogfish Head sampler. Sounds like them. Has the uh, it's like the yeah what do they call it? The slow low IPA or whatever. Anyhow, not interested. Not interested. But uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, Jordan, I'm glad that you made it. Uh, reemerged from the woods. I'm sure you're feeling enriched, built up, uh, full of, you know. So fortified. Yes. Uh, Crack, got a little hiking in this weekend. Any Anything else to report on, or we just keep it moving here? No, not ten. I had a, had a busy week. Yeah, when does basketball there? start? Huh? When does basketball start? Sometime. The, the Division One Council has said that it starts November 25th. Has practice started already for you guys? Uh, official practice has started across the country, um, but during you men <laughs> are off, off till October 25th on account of a positive COVID test. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. It's just this is how it's going to be for forever, I'm pretty sure. Um, is the uh, Division One Basketball Council, I like to imagine that it's like the uh, the Star Wars Intergalactic Council. There's yeah, they had, the, I've been there. They have the, the pods that float in from the side yeah. of the room when a There's school like 5,000 people there. That's yeah. correct. Can you imagine? There. It's in Indianapolis, I think. It's in yeah, the old there for some reason. Rick, Rick Pitino is definitely Darth Sidious. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Iona representative, Lord Pitino. <laughs> <laughs> all right super nerdy love it um okay cool well looking forward to basketball so keep us posted on how things go hope everyone stays healthy and uh we can play some games um all right let's get into this college football weekend i don't think we were too far off in our assessment of the weekend um there were some surprising results but i don't think there were it wasn't like a bonkers off the off the you know off the rails full weekend full saturday of college football from what i could tell the noon slot was a little a little skinny which is fine um we mentioned there's a bunch of cancellations a couple in the sec so that i noticed that they they put a stat up and it was like sec defenses were allowing 600 yards on average or something last week this week they were only allowing 450 or something i was like well yeah florida and lsu both didn't play this week to, to lend their averages to uh to spiking it up there but um yeah so florida actually i guess we could a little oh, some more news if you've been living under a rock and didn't watch college football but mullen uh dan mullen tested positive i guess he announced on his twitter um and Florida's game against Missouri, which was originally scheduled for next weekend, the 24th, has been moved to Halloween weekend, which was going to be their bye week before Georgia. So they will not have a bye before Georgia, but maybe they are thinking about playing defense for their couple weeks off that they get here in the middle. But hopefully they're just working on getting healthy. Um, And Nick Saban did coach yesterday, too. So I know we kind of teased that. There was like a a bit of a – there was a – a path for him to be able to coach 
and he was able to, I guess, get two negative tests and, and coach. I, again, I'll say it for the fifth straight episode. Don't want to be the COVID police. Seems a little weird that he was able to coach. I also understand if the policy is that you have two negative tests, then that renders you available, then whatever. I believe them on their word and we'll move on. I don't need to get into all the hand wringing uh, that people get into on Twitter about it. But it did seem a little icky. Is that is that the technical term? Mildly uncomfortable. Sure. So, um, all right. You guys got anything to add? Should I keep plowing here? Feel free. I'd say just keep plowing. Yeah. All right. Keep making rows in the soil, brother. Let's uh, let's get to the non-picker games. Um, we flagged a couple of these, and then I wanted to bring up a couple interesting SEC results. But Jordan, you uh, you were able to take down the UVA Wake Forest game. So my assessment of this game was, damn, Wake Forest is really putting it on UVA like halfway through the first quarter or something like that, and then. I look up again, and it was tied 20 to 20 at halftime. I was like, okay, all right. And then next thing I knew, it was the final score is 40 to 23, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened? <laughs> it's a wonderful question. Um, <laughs> I So I watched the, like, not the version with just commercials cut out in every play, but it's like the 25-minute extended highlight type deal. Okay. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, it seemed like Wake got out to a much better start. I think they were up 10 nothing or 14 nothing in the first quarter. We've talked about this in previous episodes. UVA has not started games well. Right. Uh, they did add a field goal before – UVA added a field goal before the end of the first quarter. Those were their first first quarter points all year. Um, yeah, they yeah defense i mean like i guess overall game wise uva came back tied it like you said 2020 and then seemed was it like fluky? was it flu- like was there the comeback the march to 20 was that fluky because based on how they scored it seems like it happened pretty quickly so i can't remember if i don't think it was aided by any like turnovers or anything like that i think it was kind of a they they played three quarterbacks this game. Brennan Armstrong right. was not available due to concussion protocol. Uh, Lindell Stone started the game, but they also mixed in Keaton Thompson, the Mississippi State transfer, and Ira Armstead. Um, and those, I think it was kind of like a Vic Hall 2009 situation uh-huh. where they were just like doing stuff that, opponents don't have film on yet permanent Um, gadget like permanent gadget install type stuff yeah and it wasn't necessarily even gadget stuff it was like just a different qb run read option scheme um that seemed to really be working uh and then in the second half it looked like the defense was starting to to kind of find their own the offense just couldn't get anything going and i think Again, that may have been A, some halftime adjustments Wake made, and B, like Armstead and Thompson were primarily in there to run, and yeah. Stone was primarily in there to pass. So sure. Armstrong brings both to the table, whereas 
you only get one or the other really from any of those other three guys, which is a problem. Stone's um, not afraid to chuck it though. He, he really he, stepped. He in will chuck it. He will stare down a receiver. He will take he will. several steps to get into his throwing motion. Um, I like. I'm sure he's a great kid, but he does not have the goods. It like it is what it is. Um, but really disappointed in the defense to yeah. this point this year. I know some of it is uh, the offense is putting them in difficult positions via turnovers, via just like being on the field for so long because uh, the offense has has a tendency to go three and out a good bit so far this year, especially in the first quarter. Um, but like Wake was doing a good job just getting a, one of their best or better receivers one-on-one with a safety and for whatever reason, UVA safeties do not pass defend very well this year. Um, sure. Broke off some big runs where it looks like, you know, the the initial gap fit is there, but if the running back just counts like 1-1,000, 2-1,000, a hole's going to open up and they can spurt through. There's not necessarily any, like, penetration into the backfield, uh, mm. which is concerning. So a lot of stuff yeah, to work been, on. Yeah. It seems this. like it's just been an underwhelming overall performance by UVA this year. Like mm-hmm. I was talking to my friend, Nate, a uh, friend of the podcast who is a Pitt grad and Pitt fan. So he's, you know, he's been through some things as well, yep. football wise. And uh, it's, I mean, we're in, so I would say like sort of similar spots where it's like, I think the program is still getting better and the people have bought into the coach but it's difficult when you have like a really good year last year and um, and you don't see that like year to year continuity, even though like maybe the roster is getting a little bit deeper and we're building playable depth and all these things. It's uh, it's just, it's just disappointing, but like I share your sort of concerns. Like I'm just a little bit bummed that the defense hasn't been better um, or at least a little, a little saltier um, to, you know, maybe try to get the ball back for the offense or anything. Pick the, pick the offense up. I mean, it's hard to say that, you know. Yeah. Because, well, like, last week against, against NC State, they had no sacks, which is very Not concerning. Um, this year they did – or this week they did get to the quarterback more mm-hmm. uh, but didn't really, like, turn it into a whole lot. Like, they sure. had a – they had a strip sack where it was just a bad break. Like the ball got launched straight out of bounds. Like it wasn't even a, an opportunity to recover the fumble. It just lasered out <laughs> the side. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So that's one of those like, well, that that's a tough break. But um, yeah, kind of last year's defense was all about havoc and creating turnovers. And that was, that was a big reason they did as well as they did as a team yeah. last year. And this year the defense was – kind of expected to be the unit that carried most of the load while a new quarterback found his footing and it hasn't turned out that way. So yeah, tough sled so far. I know how that goes. You, you'd like the defense to be better and they just don't do anything. You know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, well, and I, I say this through the lens of watching Florida's defense play this year. It's like, you certainly cannot just let teams, just march unfettered down the field on you. Like, do something. Give up a big play mm-hmm. or blitz. I mean, we we got to be creating a little bit more, like, 
of anything happening than just, you know, South Carolina going on legendary 14 play, you know, 78 yard drives with Colin Hill just cutting you open on third and six every time. So, and, you know, UVA's defense seems like it has a little bit of that to it. It's just like they don't really do anything. They don't really, they're not bringing a whole lot of plus at any one of the position groups necessarily. And that's not, uh, not a great place to be. So, all right. Well, that's a lot of UVA wake talk. UVA falls to what? One and two? One and three. One and three, so not good. Uh, we'll get to UNC FSU. I think that this might have been the, one of the, one of the games of the day. Certainly an odd game, uh, a fun watch for sure. I was up late, uh, well, late-ish, <laughs> as late as these games are going now. Watching this, Jason, did you catch any of this UNC Florida State um, calamity? Debacle. I did not. No, I just uh, I saw Twitter's reaction to it, which I imagine was at least as entertaining as the game. So. Yeah, no, it was uh, – so, I mean, just real quick, Jordan Travis plays uh, quarterback for Florida State, and they looked really good in the first half. They uh, seem like they have a <clears throat> pretty co- cohesive game plan. North Carolina's defense looked terrible, but they were getting Tra- – Travis uh, was – they were using him – using his run threat to open up the the passing game, which was I thought was pretty impressive. Um, they did – Seem to just be picking on North Carolina's corners um, on the outside. Florida State has a couple of talented receivers, uh, made some plays down the field. Uh, this Jordan Travis appears that he actually can keep the ball in bounds when he throws deep passes, so that's a plus over James Blackman. Um, I don't think Travis is as talented of a thrower. You can kind of tell Jordan. I don't know if you picked this up, but he kind of like sort of throws the ball like a loaf of bread sometimes. Like it's just mm-hmm. like whoosh, and then we'll see what happens, but. They put him in position to succeed, and they had a really good game plan, and it worked the entire first half, and then it did not work any in the second half. This was this was could not have been more the tale of two halves kind of game yeah. for both teams. Like, and they just completely flipped. Yeah. What, what, what do you guys say? Well, I I was just gonna say I think Travis to this point has shown maybe more uh, pocket awareness or. Yep pocket presence than Blackman has like kind of the the out that Blackman had been given to that point was like the offensive line really hasn't ever been that good and Travis is playing behind the same offensive line but he's just doing better at moving away making throws on the run yeah making plays on the run and just looks generally more confident in those situations. Now, part of that could very well be he hasn't spent the last two and a half years just getting dumped into the ground. And yeah. so he's still got a little more pep in his step and a little more optimism. Um, a little but, more optimism. <laughs> yeah. I, but yeah. he hasn't, he hasn't been, his spirit hasn't been broken yet. I think I heard those. I mean, this, and I, Florida State and, you know, Mike Norvell and everybody should be commended for the, the improvements that that team has made since their first couple games of the season. All right. And their whole COVID situation, they got wiped out by Miami. They looked competent yesterday and um, they looked, you know, they looked plus on offense in the first half But the second half. I think they only had nine passing yards the whole second half. Not great. Um, And then they, they just, they were, they were forced to punt a lot in the second half. North Carolina made some good, uh, you know, defensive stands and, and everything else, and North Carolina sort of turned on, and North Carolina is explosive, and they did not struggle to score in the second half. It was curious how much they struggled to score in the first half. Um, but, yeah, some good receivers on the outside for North Carolina. Will, 
I keep wanting to call him Will Greer because he looks like Will Greer. Uh, Sam Howell um, just, I mean, absolutely does not care about going deep early and often, <clears throat> which is helpful. Um, but yeah, I mean, this game sort of comes down to a final drive. North Carolina's got the ball and a minute or so left. and uh, All they need is a field goal. They need a field goal to tie there. It's 31 um, 28. They were down 31 7 at halftime. Thir- yeah, 31 7 at halftime, I believe. Did I get that score right? Is that score right? Sounds right. Um, and they, uh, they were driving the field and they get to about the 40 and they have three straight dropped passes, uh, like just absolute drops. And this was right after. Corrales or whatever his name was, the receiver. Dude, that Corrales, dude. Lost the guy. He's huge also. He's like 6'6", big receiver. Um, Just lost the guy at the 50. So, you know, some of those are – I mean, those are 50-50 and stuff. But he drops a pass, uh, and then I think they threw two passes to running backs that both got dropped. One of them was on fourth and nine, would have given them a first down with, you know, an opportunity to maybe take a couple shots at the end zone before the clock expired. Uh, But that all is to say – uh, Florida State gets a signature win. Yeah. Top well, five. And, and to be fair to those receivers, none of those drops were awesome passes, but they were like they sh- at least one of three should have been caught. Yeah, they were all drops. They weren't. There was no like there were, they I, weren't I, wild I, pitches. They were errors right. on the catcher. Yeah. Yeah. And like, listen, running back. I mean, he's sitting. He's on his knees, and you know, you got you got to catch the ball. I mean, and maybe he was trying to like get up because he didn't know that he was past the first down marker. There's a lot of stuff going on there, <coughs> but you got to catch it. So, um, yeah. I mean, it was a super entertaining game. I am intrigued from a Florida State standpoint to see if they can continue uh, to first of all keep Jordan Travis healthy because he had almost got knocked out of this game a couple times. Um, he, I think, did have to come out for a play blackman was warming up a little bit but uh he got pounded in the second half they have a little bit of miami dear dear king going on there in which like that could be a big percentage of the offense and if he gets hurt they're gonna have to make like a huge change in how they approach the game um which hey that's part of it so uh we'll see how that goes but i also am intrigued i mean florida state looked pretty good and it was kind of, you know, a little exciting to see them look kind of good and, and look like they were, uh, you know, able to attack on offense a little bit more instead of just – they've been pretty bumbling the, the better part of the last two and a half years. And, it, yeah, it's all fun and games to kind of, like, you know, laugh at their misery and stuff. But they uh, – I mean, I do think ultimately, like, Florida State kind of needs to be good. It's, it's a little bit more fun if Florida State's good in my neck of the woods. That's fair. <laughs> so, uh, Jason, do you have anything to add uh, at that – have you done a deep dive into the box score? Or anything? No, I mean, I just like there was some exchange on Twitter this weekend about like North Carolina being ranked number five. Sure. And it, I, I think I come down on the side of like, like everybody saw this as a massive upset. And it was kind of like UNC was just five because there was nobody else to put there. Um, yeah. And I, I think they, you know, I'm trying to think. I don't want to work well, people are just going to get mad if you put Ohio State number five. They don't play a game. For right, exactly. Years. And and I, that, that's not me. They deserve it. That's you not know, me proposing a better team. I have I have no idea who else I would put there. I think it was just like, <laughs> like it was it was fun to watch them. You know, getting the freaking track meet with Virginia Tech and yeah. that sort of thing. But they they started pretty high on their national rankings, and then there wasn't half the country, and then they 
won, <laughs> they won a couple games when other people lost, and they ended up at number five, and that's fine. I mean, I think um, I think both things can be sort of true. Also, yeah. like they were they were seven and six last year, yep. and they kind of got the Tennessee treatment. Like yep. they they finished strong. And These guys are supposed to be good, and yeah, they're supposed to be good. They have a good quarterback. They have a good coach. People were surprised by how well it went with the coach the first year. Right. So natural. Mm-hmm. You know, I see I see where the narrative comes from. It is just funny though how people immediately like they lose a the game. They're like they're one hundred percent fraud. It's ridiculous yeah. they were right. Like, oh, yeah, God. it's like I, I don't think, and that, that, that's why I'm 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 coming down the side of this like kind of defending UNC. Like it's not like they collapsed. Like sure, it's a, it's a bad loss. Don't get me wrong. It's a really it's bad not loss. Their but fault they were ranked five either. Yeah, right? exactly. It's not like they like people always get so offended. Like oh my yeah. God, like. Who could have, like, who if they paid off? Like, you guys are overthinking this. Like, like imagine how mad, like, so, okay, now that North Carolina lost, like, I saw, I think Jesse Palmer has Cincinnati ranked number five. Right. Like, the, you got to put somebody there. And I don't have, I don't have a better solution. So, like, that's, I think that's where I come down and just, like, man, you guys get way too worked up about these rankings, especially uh, the third week of, second week of October, in a, mm-hmm. when half the teams in the country haven't played yet. Like, you guys got to relax. Hey, no. anyways, evergreen, evergreen comment. We do a podcast about this. We that's true. So much, so it's fine. We're not just getting these tweets off, but yeah, curious. Um, I, I again, I think I think North Carolina has a lot of potential as they yeah. grow. Their defense needs to be better, but I, I assume their talent level will go up. I think they've been recruiting pretty well, and they'll get another year of Hal next year. I think they'll be a dangerous team moving forward as long as they can kind of keep the uh, keep the faith here. So mm-hmm. we will see. How that goes. Next up, we don't need to talk about this game for very long. Louisville, Notre Dame. This game looks like an apocalypse of a football game. I mean, I think the final score is like 12 to 9 or 12 to 6 or something. 12 7. Um, looked really, again, this is one of those games, just looked like it had a just general haze over it whenever you like saw the highlights. Like, oh, what happened? This game took place like 20 years ago. But um, yeah, so Notre Dame gets the win. Notre Dame, here you go, Jason. Notre Dame. Probably like number three or four in the country, or number four or five in the country at this point. Um, I mean, they, they, they were in the last week, number four, now they're number three. They looked great at any point this season. Not really. Not, uh, I mean, not really. I mean, they, 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 they you wouldn't look at them and be like, yeah, it's a playoff team, which is what they played word. anybody like that no. great either. Which they is beat, the other, they like, beat Duke, they dump trucked USF, they hammered at Florida State, and they beat Louisville all at home. So, like, they're just there because nobody else can be there. Like, it's fine. Well, I mean, more to your point, Jason, Georgia gets absolutely – well, we'll talk about it. They get whooped, on, and they only fall one spot. No, they lost, the, they lost the number two team. But, I mean, in a normal season, if you lose that bad, you're not just getting the you're benefit probably, of like, oh, you're, yeah, close. you're probably seventh or eighth after that. So, yeah, I'm just I, – I'm just – my whole thing is like preaching, like, y'all got to relax with like these conspiracy theories <laughs> and just yeah. like – I'm, I'm, I, don't have, I don't have the energy for it in 2020, the year of, I don't know, maybe not our Lord. Conspiracy but. theories. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, exactly. So anyhow, and then I wanted to point out there was a few interesting SEC results um, that we didn't really touch on these games, but um, Kentucky absolutely wasted Tennessee. Uh, Garantano, I think, threw three picks, two pick sixes. I saw a drive Ooh. chart for – I saw a drive chart for Tennessee that was like punt – Interception, touchdown, interception, touchdown, punt, fumble, punt. Like, it was an awful run of drives. And uh, Kentucky's good. I mean, they're – you know, we've, we've talked about – they're a solid team. They're a tough yeah. out. And they're 
every bit as good if you know as as Tennessee at this point, especially from a talent standpoint. And so you know you can't get away with that. I know Garantano's had a up and down career, but this is these are the games you get with that guy. Sometimes it would appear, and he had one this weekend. Do you know how many yards Garantano threw for? Sixty-four, eighty-eight. Oh, nice. Fourteen to twenty-one, eighty-eight yards and two picks. Oof, not Both not which... terrible completion percentage. Yeah, he was <laughs> accurate. He was accurate. Sixteen. He was sixteen for twenty-one for not hitting the ground with the ball. Yeah. So the yards per attempt is through the roof, too. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, for the Tennessee offense. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I don't want to just hold this up, but I mean, this is. This is sort of like the North Carolina thing, just mentioned it, but like Tennessee gets the benefit of having a pretty chill back half of their schedule every year. They always look like they're doing better. And we talk ourselves, we, the national media. As, we, the as media, we are, not necessarily yeah, the yeah. three of us. Right. Talk ourselves into Tennessee being back, which is kind of crazy. I mean, Tennessee has always been like a solid, good team. They've never been Alabama year in and year out. And well, not in our lifetime. <laughs> and, um, and then they, they, you know, this happens. They they got to play a couple of good teams in a row, and they lose at least one. And in this case, so far two. And I don't think, I don't think things get a whole lot easier for Tennessee. Have we checked the schedule? Boy, that would be a shame. Let me Tennessee schedule the rest of the way. Well, they, they have... host Alabama this weekend. Okay. Then they go to Arkansas, which is all of a sudden not. <laughs> it's all of a sudden a tough trip. Um, they, they host Texas A&M, which is ranked seventh, to loop it back to our conversation earlier. Then they go to Auburn. Then they go to Vanderbilt. Then they host Florida. Yeah, so. I mean, that's like one win I'm confident in. Yeah, I feel pretty good that they'll be able to take down Vandy in a, in a dogfight. Um, they, they might be able to they, – they're able to beat Auburn. They're able to beat Arkansas, but at this point, like I don't have any confidence that they're going to win both of those games. Right. And, They'll probably win one inexplicably and finish four and six. <laughs> right, and we'll be we'll be talking like, oh man, remember when remember when Tennessee uh, beat South Carolina and Missouri to start the year, and we were we were having a conversation on like if Tennessee had a chance against Georgia. Yeah, you know you know what's going to happen here, right, Logan? Uh, they're going to be they're going to beat Florida in the last. They're going to beat Vanderbilt on the road, and then going to beat Florida at home, and then everybody will get on the train again, and they're going to be ranked like 17th next year. And Dan Mullen's going to leave Todd Grantham. Well, yeah, leave Todd Grantham in, in Neyland Stadium. Y'all deal with him. Uh, <laughs> hopefully. Okay. Uh, the next one up, uh, South Carolina, another team led by our Lord and Savior Will Muschamp, took down Auburn. Bo Nix, three interceptions. God, it's like the jokes just just never been happier, guys. Just never been write happier. themselves. We have been we have been loud, loud and willing to be loud wrong, but have so far been proven to be loud right about but the Bo Nix experience at Auburn. Um, he didn't look he looked awful. Looked really bad. He's getting into scuffles on the sideline with his wide receiver Seth Williams, who he kept trying to force the ball to, and like the the just corners are just undercutting it every time and picking it off. So. Um, I don't know what else to say about Auburn. They, I mean, Gus is in trouble again, of course. So, actually, let's go to the schedules, boys. Didn't we? Didn't we say at the beginning of this year that this was a fire Gus year? Uh, probably. Yeah. So Auburn gets an absolute gift from God to beat Arkansas last week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then they they lose to South Carolina. They get Ole Miss, which is sort of a hit or miss situation at this point. 
Um, then they have LSU. Should be able to score some points there. Mississippi State, Tennessee. All right, so they got to – they should be able to win some games here. I mean, but these yeah. this is in the Auburn zone of there, you know, things there are could, two or three wins in there. They yes, should be able to find, yes. and they sh- in in theory they should be able to win all of those games. But they should. probably won't, given how things go. But if they lose only one of them, the heat is going to be turned up so high <laughs> on Mister on one Gus Malzahn, <laughs> pretty much inexplicably. But do we think Bo Nix <clears throat> makes it to the end of the season starting quarterback? <sighs> no. I, I don't know what their situation is beyond Bo Nix, but I can't imagine that you're just going to trot this guy out here to just like throw interceptions unless Keep you're throwing star wide receivers. Never a good idea. I've I've right. always said you don't want to underthrow your key guys. Yeah, you know, a lot of people said that was a hot take a couple years ago, but now you're being proven right. I respect yeah. that. <laughs> a visionary. Um, next up, Mississippi State is terrible. Uh, we. <laughs> I think LSU might be really, really bad, and um, yeah. Mississippi State uh, caught them in the first game of the air raid exper- experience, or experiment, whatever you want to call it, with a Bo Pelini defense that just refused to do anything different. I believe Mississippi State has sort of been figured out, and uh, you know, we got Leach out here doing Leach things in press conferences, which is always delightful in a sort of icky way, and. Um, yeah, they got murdered by Texas A&M this weekend, and it was not close. I, I Every highlight they showed was just the quarterback getting, like, ragdolled into the ground, flinging the ball, like, some random direction. I think they had a punt blocked. You know, uh, all three-phase failure there for Mississippi State, as they call it. Uh, and then Arkansas. Pleasant surprise of the year has to be Arkansas. Got him. Uh, yeah. 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 King Felipe and them boys – are out here and uh, they beat Ole Miss. They they forced uh, Mr. Matt Corral to throw six interceptions in this game, <laughs> which is I and I don't know if you saw the highlights. That's but they were, a gut feeling. That's too many interceptions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, that's, your, that's how I come down on that side of the fence. Think. They were bad interceptions. I wonder if uh, so. Lane, I, I saw a bit of his press conference after the game, and it was like, uh, you know. People were telling us all week how good we were. It's like, this game will humble you. You know, people were telling us all week how good we were. And, uh, you know, we go into the game. They played nothing but zone coverage. And we stared down receivers the whole time. And we threw six interceptions. Like, I mean, he was talking right to Matt Corral. And I think he, I mean, rightfully so. But it was it was an interesting assessment. Like, he didn't seem overly surprised by what happened. He was mm-hmm. like, yeah, we uh, we led we led the defense right to all the interceptions by staring down where we wanted to go with the ball. And, it was kind of like uh, it was an interesting assessment <clears throat> to hear from him. I'm surprised that Corral was in the game long enough to throw six picks, but I guess the game was not completely out of hand score wise. Still with the um, range, yeah. So it was like maybe you want you want to have your guy in there, but uh, it looks like Arkansas did a pretty good job of just sort of dropping into coverage and and like leaking linebacker like little rat linebackers out into flats and stuff and just undercutting some little slants and things like that. It was it was. Really good game plan by uh, Barry Odom, defensive coordinator at Arkansas. There's a name. So um, I did see Bomani Jones on Twitter questioning if Stan Pittman would be interested in moving to Austin, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Always good when you you can fire up the, um, oh, this guy must be a hell of a coach. But Pittman seems like a really jolly guy. He gives, uh, he gives great, he gives great post-game lines as well. And 
Uh, Jordan, I shared this with you, I think, but Arkansas has a white corner uh, who had three picks this weekend. So shout out. I know there's this stat comes up like every year. There hasn't been a starting NFL corner who's white in like since Jason Seahorn retired. Seahorn, yeah. Which is crazy. So, you know, here's here's Remember how like how unreasonably famous and adored Jason Seahorn was? (laughs) Yeah, I do. Like he was out here dating supermodels. I wonder wonder why that was. Yeah, Yeah. it's hard to say. It's hard to say, no, but uh, yeah, so I just thought it's kind of funny. I think the kid's a redshirt freshman, but uh, good for him. Sure. Make that money. All right. Let's get into picks. Jordan, bring us up to speed. How do we do? Take us through the week that was picking. Or don't. Jason, I regret to inform you. I I did pay attention to the spreadsheet yeah. when I got home. It's like I, I, I can only take so many of these betrayals, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we did pick five games once again, despite the kind of meh board that we had. Uh, Jason, you went one, four, and zero. Logan went three, two, and zero, and I finished four, one, and zero. Nice. That brings our overall tallies for the year. Uh, Jason and Logan, you guys are tied for second at 13, 10, and two. And so I bad. have vaulted myself into the lead at 14, nine, and two. <laughs> so we're all still in the black, all, all still profitable, and, and it's still a tight race here in going into week seven or eight, whatever it is. Right. I think, uh, I think, uh, man, the podcast, Colin Smith went two and three on the week. So I think we had every score opportunity covered. We had a one and four, two and Aside three. Aside from three. the zeros. But he was happy that he beat Crick. So Jason, yeah, you, gotta <laughs> you gotta get out here. Right. Yeah. Just start calling up, uh, you know, Cracky, Cracky the Greek needs to get it together. <laughs> it's, a, it's a horrible name. <laughs> All right. First catch. Off, catch. So the first game was Houston BYU. I regret to inform you, I did not watch any of this, but BYU got the dub. Yeah. Yep. I think yeah, they I won think... by 17 or 12 or something. Yeah, it was 43 26. So they won by 17. And yeah, gosh, Houston just <laughs> fell apart. Um, I watched a good chunk of this, and Houston okay. was like very much in control. Um, That's what I felt like I was hearing and seeing. They, they got down. BYU went up fourteen nothing, um, and then Houston just dominated for like half an hour straight. Um, hmm. And then the last drive of the third quarter, and they were, they scored four straight touchdowns. Uh, no, three touchdowns and a field goal. And then the like the last. Drive in the third quarter, BYU uh, scored pretty quick, drove it down the field pretty quick, and cut it to 26-21. Houston was still leading, and then Houston just disappeared. Hmm. Um, they had some dumb turnovers. They had – it was a mess. Yeah. So, it was um, a real bummer. I was – I had I had confidence in my – BYU in my is Houston a team sort of – Sneaking up there, going to be a top like seven team here before too much longer, right? Um, BYU was la- fourteen last week. They are twelve this week. So yeah. Okay, so they're moving no on up. For the Cougars, Heisman candidate quarterback. What's his name? Tyler Wilson. I believe this his name. But he threw it all over the yard. Zach Wilson, Tyler Wilson, same idea. Have you ever yeah. met a Tyler? Actually, Tyler, Tyler Wilson. Zach, two big Mormon names. 
former uh, former root, uh, hallmate of mine in UVA he actually plays for the Orioles. Tyler Wilson. That's right. Still, I thought he was overseas playing in Korea. Would be doing that now. <laughs> possible. Very possible. Um. Okay. All right. Well, go BYU. We'll ride with uh, we'll ride with BYU for the rest of this year. Official uh, independent of the podcast. Right? Yep. Bama played Georgia in the, the, the matchup of the ages. Uh, number two versus number three in Tuscaloosa. Nick Saban on the sideline. Mask precariously dangling near and around his mouth at most times. Uh, and this was a good this was a good game. Uh, Georgia sort of jumped out a little bit and looked like they had a really good game plan. Stetson Bennett was doing some good things. They were running the ball actually pretty well against the Alabama defense and um, doing a good job of sort of getting James Cook in situations in which he was on a linebacker. And, I mean, they burned him on like an 80-yard pass play, but they they did a good job with that approach. But Alabama adjusted in the second half, and um, I think kind of like we talked about Stetson Bennett, I just don't know that he's – Gonna gonna win you a game against Alabama necessarily. He threw a couple inter- uh, three interceptions, I think. One of them was he's, sort of a, a wild tip. Started ball. pressing late, I think. Yeah, um, and they yeah. needed to. They, a couple of them were tip drill right. balls. Yeah, there was a couple tip drills, um, but you know those are usually caused by somewhat off target throws to begin with, and um, yeah, and they, I think he had one that was like batted down that like a defensive tackle somehow just like got it in his belly and just, just rumbling yeah. with it a little bit. But uh, yeah, Georgia, I mean, I think the most impressive thing in this game was Alabama's offense against Georgia's defense. Georgia's defense is yeah. so good. They don't have to do a whole lot of exotic, weird stuff to be so good. Their DBs are long and, and good. And Alabama just kind of had their way. They yeah. had two receivers go over 150 yards. Mechie had a uh, like a 40-yard touchdown catch as well. Um Mac Jones looks good. I mean, he can stand back there and step into throws, and I mean, he's got he's got guys open, which is helpful. Uh, but uh, yeah, I it mean, helps. Alabama, like Alabama's receivers are just horrifyingly good. And uh, throwing the ball to Najee out of the backfield is insane yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, we talked about uh, um, Clemson's running back on third down out of the backfield being a cheat code, and it's not like Najee is any any easier, um, right? But yeah, I mean, I think it was the last touchdown pass, the one that made it forty-one, oh, and, and Mac Jones put it exactly where he needed to. But yep. like, that's a that's an NFL corner, and Devonta Smith just picked it off his head, like, yep. just mo- like, dude, there's just nothing Smith you can do about that. Hands. He's huh? got some of the best hands I've seen on a college receiver. That yeah, dude, actually walks stuff yeah. out of the air. He's, and he's, he just snatches it out of places that it, the ball yeah. shouldn't be coming out of. And such a good route runner too. Yeah. And like I think I think somebody tweeted it and it was basically like, you know, Georgia's offense is is likely the best in the country. Like there's a Even good chance. Sense. They are certainly one of the three or four best. Yeah. But when the best offense in the country goes against the best defense in the country, if I mean it, it if the best offense in the country does exactly what it wants to yeah, defense can't do anything about it because you can't like, right. you can't you can't have Devonta Smith guarded any better in the back of the end zone than they did, and he still scooped a thirteen yard touchdown pass off your boy's face mask. So like, right, like what are you going to do about that? And so yeah, I mean it's, this this was a super awesome game for about three quarters, um, almost four, almost three entire quarters. Um, yeah, because like, I mean Georgia was winning, and then. Mm-hmm. They hit Waddle for a 90-yard pass when the cornerback kind of 
stumbled. And I think Waddle would have caught it in stride anyways and might have been gone because yeah. Jalen Waddle was unholy fast. But um, so the, then the drive after that was when Stetson Bennett kind of forced he, – he had to scramble out on a third down and it was a big play, so he forced a pass. And uh, I think it was – he was either a linebacker or a safety. was just waiting right there and picked it off. Mm-hmm. And that I think the game was pretty much over right there because Alabama just kept running him over. And so – yeah, and then Alabama at the end of the game just started running the ball, and they they couldn't, yeah. you know, they they were gashing a, a tired Georgia defense at that point too. But yeah. I think the takeaway from Alabama's offense though is that they actually are using their tight end a little bit, which is kind of scary. Yeah. So they got that guy going over, hidden in the seam over the middle, so they can hit you on the little RPO game. Then they have Mechie Smith and Waddle that they can line that they can spread across in any sort of formation. So you can't give too much safety help oh. on top of Smith or or just because you know your corner is going to just get ghosted by yeah. Waddle, so there's like nothing you can do. It's and, like and it's like you, have, well, to is, you so. have to have a, you have to have corners who can run with Waddle yeah. and Mechie. You have to have safeties who can defend the middle against Smith and the linebacker or in the tight ends. Yeah. And you have to have linebackers who can drop at the tight end and defend against Najee breaking through the second level, like. Good luck. Have fun. Yeah, like, that, yeah. And, and like, and it's you know, it, it's a testament to how good Alabama is. They're talented at every level, always. But you know, they they are an ultimate offensive machine right now. Which I don't know that we would have said that about Alabama before, other than that they were just big and mean on offense. You know, yeah. now they're now they're like big and mean. And Sark is dialing up plays too, and yeah, he is aggressive. And like, I shout out to that guy. I know he's been in the doghouse at various points. You know. As as all guys have, but I mean, he it looks like reasons. a it looks like a Lane Kiffin offense. It really does. Yeah, yeah, but maybe a little more uh, organized. Or... I mean, Bill C yeah, has Bill C has better offense stacking up against LSU from last year already. So, yeah, I mean, I I believe it. They got just the same the, the same type of receiver yeah. talent and yep. uh, and I would probably say similar quarterback talent to be honest. So. Um. All right. Uh, next up, UCF Memphis. This was a fun one, as all UCF Memphis games are these yeah. days. Um. Uh, classic AAC battle, back and forth. Yada yada yada. You can throw um, the records out when UCF <laughs> UCF and Memphis play. Um, I thought UCF was going to. This had the the makings of a whoever had the ball last was going to win game. Yeah. Uh, and that was going to be the case until college kicker happened. Uh, poor UCF uh, kicker got a bit of a dust up with the backup quarterback, I believe, on the sideline, which was some delightful, yeah. delightful uh, footage. But um, on the same UCF, team or like the opposing sideline? No, no like the same the team. Hold, the holder and the kicker. There were numerous instances of team on team uh, yeah. sideline confrontations this weekend. We had Bo Nix uh, issues. We had uh, UCF kicker issues. <laughs> but uh, Dylan Gabriel like threw for a zillion yards and a bunch of touchdowns had a great game, but um, yeah, UCF uh, it would appear that they are like the ultimate track meet team. Right uh, UCF game, did you guys see how many total yards UCF had? They yeah. had like eight, almost 800, right? Half a mile, 798 yards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which is crazy. And they lost. And they lost. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, your defense is doing, like less than nothing if you <laughs> are if you're doing that. Well they're getting, at least they're getting off the field fast, you know. Yeah. Get you get you get your yards going. But um yeah, so Memphis, that's a good win for them. I think uh people 
you know, we had a lot of hot take artists on Twitter out there like, oh, they just need to get rid of Norvell so they can finally beat UCF. Ha, ha, ha. I was like, all right, that seems a little unfair, <laughs> but I'm here for the jokes. Um, <laughs> I will still participate in it. Yeah, Memphis quarterback went off too. His name is uh, escaping me. He's probably like a Riley or something. But um, oh, this is going to be good. Hold on a second. Memphis quarterback. Brady White. Brady White. All right. Riley, Brady, same family. Um, yeah. Fun, fun game, Jordan. Did you catch this one in the uh, in the the pass through? I did not. Okay. I mean, this was what you thought it was, in that every there was probably like maybe two punts the whole time, and a lot I'm, of. I'm trying to remember what the over under number was for it, but I'm I'm sure it went over because it was what the total was Set, like nine nine. Yeah, I thought we said it was like seventy something. I think we said it was in the seventies. Yeah, I would say like seventy three and a half or something like that. Uh, Miami played Pitt. Uh, this didn't. Uh, I, I kept. I paid attention to this one, but it's, it sort of appeared that Pitt was kind of out of it early, and then hung around. To their credit, uh, their starting quarterback did not play in this game. I we did not mention that on the podcast. Probably a, a bit of an oversight there on our part. Uh, no, but we, Miami, just believe, we just believed in Pitt that much. And Pitt's defense. We also believed in Miami letting down after a big game, and, which and at beat. a nooner. Yeah. Yes. We, we covered We're, this and picked it so well. I don't think De'Ara King had a great game. Um, you guys can check this stats. No, he, threw for, he threw for four touchdowns, but he also had two picks and only had 220 yards. Okay, not so sure. Um, so that's that's a that's a, a usable game there. But uh, Pitt, yeah, sorry about it. Just didn't really have the juice on offense. They did cover, however. So great teams cover, mm-hmm. as we discussed. Thank God. I had to toss the bagel. <laughs> We've all been there, Jason. Yeah, you it's and true. me more than Jordan, probably. But uh, we've we've all been there, and yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot else to say. Uh, good to see Miami like be able to get up for a game like this against a, a decent team that they needed to prove that they could beat, and you know, beat them by two scores. Uh, but uh, we'll see as the I guess amount of tape and sort of the the wear and tear of the season goes on if Miami's able to stay on top of teams from an offensive standpoint. Um, I'm a little dubious of that. Yeah, I think, I think, like you said, it'll be interesting to see how engaged they remain. Like if if they drop another one here soon, uh, their season could go one of two very different, drastically different directions. Right. Because we've, we've kind of had them pegged as one of those schools, like, could lose interest really fast in the middle of the season if things uh, start to fall apart for various reasons. But um, Sure. They get Virginia next week, uh, and then they are off before NC State, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Wake, and they have North Carolina at the end of the year. So they, they have a run of winnable games here and a bye week. Mm-hmm. Uh, NC State's quarterback, I saw, is out for six to seven weeks with a broken leg, Ooh. broken arm, broken leg. Uh, that's His last name is Leary, right? Yeah. He, um, yeah, he's out. So that has to – if that returns NC State to the NC State we saw at the beginning of the year, that wasn't very good um, because they got to play uh, Bailey Hockman at quarterback or something like that, then, you know, Miami should win these games. I mean, I, Miami-Virginia Tech's going to be a good game, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I believe it. They should Awaken be able to the beat, echoes of the Big East. That's right. Uh, they should be able to beat Georgia Tech. They should be able to beat Wake. And then the game against North Carolina should be a good game. I think North Carolina – it's a home game for Miami, so 
Um, but we'll see what version of North Carolina is still standing at the end of the year too. They they have Especially a little bit their of their defense. Things could go one of two ways for them also, um, for sure. And last up, we had ECU Navy. What, what happened in this game? What was the final score here? Navy, Navy won, won by four. Yeah, 27-23. What was the line? Three. Navy by three. Oh, the troops covered better. just like I said they would. <laughs> just never in doubt. It was never in doubt. The right. I always believed in the troops. <laughs> oh, I watched right. a good chunk of this game. Uh, in yeah. the background. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a fascinating game. It was just super frustrating. ECU just like they not well, not well coached, say it. Not well coached. Say it. <laughs> I'm say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bleep it out. Don't worry. Navy Navy went up 27-13 in the last play of the third quarter and then ECU just shut them down the rest of the time. Um, but they only managed 10 points in the fourth. Um, had multiple drives to try to win it, but couldn't do it. Mm. Hate Damn. to see it. Hate to see it. For sure. Um, all right. Well, so, that, I mean, that's that's the week that was. I did see, as a little tease for next week, mm. the Big Ten, the B1G is rejoining us next week. So we have big nude Saturday getting going. I think game day is getting up for the Minnesota-Michigan game. Um, it is going to be lit. It is going to be lit, baby. So uh, we'll see. It will, Football I mean, weather. Football weather is upon us. It will be nice to uh, see some of these teams regain the fray. Really, basically only Ohio State, if we're being honest, and Oregon. But um, I guess the Pac-12 is is still a couple weeks off from starting. Uh, but, yeah, the schedule looks a lot thicker next week uh, as far as number of games um, to keep track of. So we should hopefully have some uh, better opportunities for high-leverage picks. Yeah, can't wait to, to pick games with teams I have zero exposure to. That I've been practicing for like a week and a half. Sorry. And end of October, out. time to pick a Big Ten game. We haven't seen these guys since yeah. last year. Listen, guys, I'm going to need you to hit three by three bench press. All right, and then we're going to go seven on seven scrimmage, just run some plays. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be good. And we're going down a softball <laughs> field and we're running poles. It's going to be weird. It's going to be very weird for us to record an episode where we aren't quite sure what's going on and haven't done a lot of research. That's really <laughs> very different. You're right. Really off brand for us. Apologies ahead of time to our listeners for our lack of preparedness. Wait, does that mean we need to do a Big Ten preview? Do we need to actually preview we, the conference? We can do like a 12 minute preview where we talk about Ohio State and why they'll yeah. beat Michigan again. And then maybe talk about which jobs PJ Fleck might want in two years. <laughs> If like you guys Texas. do Bachelor and Big Ten in one episode, we're going to have a feature film length episode. No, nah, it won't blurry. be that bad. Wouldn't be the first time. Listen, we're, we're like a Joe Rogan experience, all right? We have long episodes, all right? And we get paid so much money. Yes. And we're also leaving California. So, we right. We do. Because of the libs. Them libs. To pwn the libs. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, it's been fun. Good to see you guys. Glad everyone survived the weekend and yeah. their encounters with nature. Um, this is the Wheel Route Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you can find us at the Wheel Route on Twitter. You can send emails to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. You can go to thewheelroute.com to examine the pick spreadsheet to make sure Jordan is not lying. And Otherwise, you can download the show from your favorite podcast acquisition service. 
Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes.